Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Hey, good morning. Glad you're here today. We're going to get the stage set up, and while we're doing that, I'm going to welcome you. If you're a guest, thanks for being our guest, and I'm going to introduce that we have a new series starting today called Final Words, where for the next several weeks leading up to Easter, we're going to be looking at some of Jesus's final teachings, and in these teachings, we find what Jesus did and what he taught and how this affected not only the disciples then, but how it affects us now, that it started this movement that has carried on for thousands of years. Speaking of movements, um, you know, we all want to be moved. We all want to be moved. We all want to have these experiences. Uh, Years ago, I went to the Fox uh, to see uh, a play with some friends from the church. It was a great night. We had a great time. Uh, You know, I'm all transparency. I'm not a super big play guy. Anybody know that about me? Can you tell by looking at me? But anyway, but uh, um, but I, I like them, and I'll go and I don't get me. And it was it was really good. It was a uh, it was Les Mis. I, I, I filmed the online message last week and and said it was Fiddler on the Roof. That's how big a play guy I am. It wasn't Fiddler, but it was Les Mis. And at the end of the play, one of the guys from the church is standing cheering. Like everybody's standing, he's standing cheering, and tears are coming down his face because he is moved by this moment. And the truth is, is that we all want to be moved. We want to have these experiences and, and emotions well up in us. We, we want to feel love, joy, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, fear. We want to feel these things. And and so we'll place ourselves in these situations. That's why we go to concerts. We go to concerts. You could listen to those songs on your your phone, but we'll pay money to go to concerts because we want to be moved. We'll go to ball games. We'll We'll pay a lot of money and go to a ball game so that we can experience the thrill of victory. Or if we're a Falcons fan, the agony of defeat. Again. But we'll go on vacations, excursions, and nothing wrong with anything. But the whole thing, we're, we're trying to have these experiences because we just simply want to be moved. Well, starting today, we're going to be looking at the teaching of Jesus in his last day, some of his final words, and how it moved the disciples then, how it created a movement that's lasted 2,000 years, and how it can move us today. And I got a scripture right here that this kind of the basis of the day's message, and I'm going to explain it in context in a minute, but it, it says, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Now that you know these things, God will bless you from doing them. And so here we go. Let's, let's jump into it. 
Jesus is the humble servant. Now, there, there's, there's a term out uh, now that we well, it seems like has, has, has gained a lot of popularity, especially in the sports world. It's called the GOAT. Who's the GOAT? The greatest of all time. The GOAT. An acronym, GOAT. Who's the GOAT? Is it LeBron or is it MJ? Well, yeah, I'm not. I was a rhetorical question, but I, I appreciate you. I participate participation. Yes, I, I, I appreciate it. Is it Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Ken Griffey Jr.? Who's the GOAT? Is it Tom Brady? Is he the GOAT? As much as we don't like it, it's just hard to argue against him being the GOAT. Jesus is the greatest servant of all time. He's the GOAT. Listen, he's the GOAT so much so there's not even a second place. There's not. The gap is so big. You ever seen a, a competition where there really wasn't a second? There was a first place and everybody got beat so bad, there really wasn't a second. Jesus is the greatest of all time when it comes to being a humble servant. Jesus is the humble servant. He isn't a humble servant. He is the humble servant, the greatest of all time. And listen, we've had a lot of great humble servants. Billy Graham, Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, the Apostle Paul. But they would, every one of them tell you that, that they are nowhere near Jesus Christ. Not even a second, that there really is not a second place because he's the greatest of all time. You go, Gary, how can you say that? Because of where Jesus came from. See, Jesus was the Son of God. He is the Son of God. He lived in heaven. He's eternal. He's all-powerful. There was nothing that limited him. And he chose to come down and take the form of man. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But he's the greatest of all time. One of the greatest acts of service in the history of the world was the fact that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. The second reason he's the greatest of all time is because he knows what's going on. You're going to hear in just a second just and see this act that Jesus does, but I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. Jesus knows everything that's about to happen. I told you the series is called Final Words, that things are leading up to the cross as, as some of Jesus' final days. And Jesus knows everything that's about to go on. There's nothing he, that's going to surprise him. The Father has revealed to him the plan. Jesus knows he's going to the cross. Jesus knows that Judas is going to betray him. Jesus knows that Peter's going to deny him. Jesus knows the disciples are going to scatter and run and be scared. What does he do? Does he give him a lecture? Is he condescending? Here we go again. Things that we do, boy, they never learn. They just do the same things. Boy, they really let me down. What does Jesus do? Jesus performs one of the most humble acts of service besides the cross. Look at the scripture right here. It says, so he got up from the table took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. And then he began to wash the disciples' feet. Now, it's interesting about washing feet. In Jesus' day, uh, they wore sandals. And so people's feet were already all, almost always dirty. If it was raining, they were muddy. If it was dry, they were dirty. Many of the roads were dirt. 
And so a lot of people would have a servant in place so that when guests came into their house, their job was to wash everybody's feet. A lot of times this servant was a slave. Jesus takes the form of a slave. As a matter of fact, foot, foot washing in Jesus' day was, was interesting. Wives, wives were expected to wash their husband's feet. Children, teens were expected to wash their parents' feet. It was a job of a slave. It was a job of someone who was secondary. Jesus washes feet. The Son of God washes the feet of man. The Creator washes the creation. The one who is sinless washes the sinners. It's an amazing act of humility and service. It says that Jesus washed the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that he had around him. And when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. And Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replies, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. And that is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. So Jesus just didn't wash some of the disciples' feet. He washed Judas' feet. He washed Peter's feet. He washed Doubting Thomas's feet. Because Jesus is the humble servant. He's the greatest of all time. The second thing is that Jesus is calling me to, to be a servant like him. That that's when you read the scriptures, that's where this is going. Years ago, I uh, went to an inauguration of a uh, new president at my alma mater, uh, which is Point University at that time as Atlanta Christian College. And the inauguration was held at a church, a Southwest Christian Church in Atlanta. And after the event was over, I looked up and the lead pastor of the church was over there cleaning up. I mean, he was literally just getting stuff and, and, and cleaning up. And, and I was new in the ministry. And, and I, honestly, I'd really never seen a lot of big time pastors clean up stuff. And so I started to walk over there and I thought, he's cleaning up. I'll just go help out. And I walked over and I'll never forget what he said. He looked at me, and, he, and he, he didn't know me. He said, if you want to be great, you got to be a servant. And here's the truth. We all want to be great. We want to make uh, great names for ourselves, have great plans. We, we've got great big dreams. But if we're honest, a lot of, that does, a lot of times that doesn't include serving. As a matter of fact, serving is like the least on our radar. Like, I want to be great, but I don't want to serve. And Jesus is calling us to be like him. He's calling us to be servants. 
As a matter of fact, you look at the scriptures right here. It says, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down. And he said, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right because that is what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. He said, since I have become a servant, because I am a servant, you need to become a servant. You need to be a servant. As a matter of fact, Jesus goes on a little bit more and says, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, no slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. So we all want to be great, but we don't want to serve. And I want to share this with you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your identity is that of a humble servant. Not anything else. There are other identities that go along with it, but the identity you take is you are a humble servant because that's what Jesus was. That's who He is. Christianity without servanthood, following Jesus without being a servant, is a fraud. It's a forgery. It's a fake. It's a travesty. It's a lie. Because that's not who Jesus is. As a matter of fact, I'll say this to you, and it hurts my feelings today, that if you're not serving, then you're not following Jesus. And you say, I said a prayer a long time ago, and I did this. Look, I, I'm not going to argue that. I can just honestly say this, that Jesus washed feet. He's calling on you and I to wash feet. But that's the role that we play. That's, that's the identity that we have. You see... Jesus took a towel, he wrapped it around himself. He poured water into a basin. Well, it says he took off his outer garment. I'm going to spare you all from that. <laughs> poured water into a basin. And he washed the disciples' feet. And then he says, you do what I've done. You wash feet of people, whether you like them or you don't like them. Whether you agree with them or you don't agree with them. Whether they're your political party, they're not your political party. You wash feet. You be a servant because that's who I am. If you follow me, that's who you are. I'm going to ask Jason Rowletter to come up. Jason's a friend of mine. He's in one of my disciple groups. He and his wife, Holly. Holly is a charter member of the church. He and his wife, Holly, have been part of the South Campus since we started. And Jason, thanks for letting me wash your feet. And I love you. I love you. And I appreciate who you are. I appreciate the fact that you are a servant. And I appreciate the fact that you serve here at this campus. And if you don't know Jason, he serves all over. He's willing to do anything. One of the most humble servants I know. 
But that's not why I'm washing His feet today. I'm washing His feet today because that's what Jesus told us to do. That's who He called us to be. So Jesus, Jason, because of what Jesus has done for us, I'm going to wash your feet if you'll let me. I know some of you are thinking, why did you pick Jason? You know, I think, why did Jesus pick us? Why would he wash my feet? Why would he wash your feet? It's not because of what we've done. It's not because we're good people. It's because he loves us unconditionally. See, Jesus gave us an example. You love as I have loved you. I've washed feet, you wash feet. Why is that so important? Why is it so important that we take the identity of a servant? Because humble service moves people. You see, we're looking for experiences and and have these times in our lives where we're moved like God. I think it's funny, we'll, we'll go to Six Flags and we'll pay money just to get scared to death, won't we? Just to have that experience, we will. Like, how many of you remember Free Fall? You remember Free Fall? You get out there and you, it just, you're just hanging out and it, that's a moving experience, literally. And uh, But you're there and, and just scared to death. And we'll do that because we're, we're looking for these experiences. What you're looking for is found through service. It's found, it's found through being a humble servant. It's found through following the steps of Jesus. See, humble service still moves people. It moves you and I. We become more like Christ. You never look more like Jesus than when you serve. You look just like Him. You wonder what Jesus looked like? He was a servant. If you want to know what Jesus looked like, look, He carried a towel. And if you're not carrying a towel, then you're not following Jesus. we got towels in your chair. As a reminder for you to take home, this is who you are. Embrace it. This is who we are. Humble service moves us to be more like Jesus. But listen to me. Humble service moves others to hear the message of Jesus. We're to tell people about Jesus, but sometimes that message is only heard or it's heard more easily when we choose to serve. Humble service still moves people today. It is the experience that you're looking for. When you serve, you look like Jesus. When you serve, other people see Jesus. Look at the Scripture right here. All Scripture is is important. It's all equal. But for me personally, these are some of the most powerful words. Like, I'll just tell you how I'm wired. I, I love service. I love acts of service. I love serving. It's just the way I'm wired. Look at these words and listen to them. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Isn't that what we try to do? 
Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interest only. Don't look out only for your own interest. But take an interest in others too. And then look at these next words. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He wasn't trying to hang on, hey, I'm the Son of God. You never, you never heard Jesus say that in a, in a sense of entitlement. I've earned this. I'm the Son of God. I don't do that. I don't wash feet. You never hear him say anything like that. It's the exact opposite. I'm a servant. This is my nature. This is who I am. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position of a slave. Of a slave. Now, we don't like that word, do we? Let me share something. That is exactly what Jesus Christ is calling you to be. He's calling me to be. Because that's what he became. Humble position of a slave. And was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And when you serve and I serve, listen to me, people are moved. See, Jesus is the humble servant. He's calling us to serve. Humble service still moves people today, not for our glory, not for our fame, but for His glory because of He has called us to it. Mother Teresa was serving and several reporters had been called in. They'd heard about the work that she was doing in the leper colonies there. And as the reporters had gathered around, suddenly a leper came out and was talking to her. And leprosy is a disease where your skin literally rots off. And she started to wipe his face and the sores that were there. And one of the reporters said, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. And she looked at him and said, neither would I. She didn't do it for fame, didn't do it for money. She did it because that's who Christ had called her to be. Listen to me. That's who Christ has called you and I to be. We serve. Which leads me to the last part. I'm blessed when I serve. You and I are blessed when I serve. We're blessed when we serve. The thing about Scripture is that when you follow Jesus, following Jesus is really based on two things. It's what you know and what you do. And so you study the Scriptures, you read the Bibles, you come to church so that you can learn and so that you can know. But knowing is never in Christianity meant to be head knowledge, uh, something to where we feel like we're smarter than other people. And, and as a matter of fact, one of the scriptures says that knowledge puff, puffs up, love builds up. The whole concept of knowing is that we would do. When you know something in the scripture, it leads you to do something. And Jesus gives us in his final words, he gives us this example, and he closes with this verse. Listen to me. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for knowing them. No, that's not what he says. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them.
to Christ is calling us to serve. Last month, Pastor Scott talked about the vision for Eastridge Church. Our church, like many churches, have just been thrown into turmoil because of COVID. And um, just, I'll just use the word, we're in a major rebuild here. You've, you've been here, you, you know, we're not running the numbers that, that we have before. And it's not all about numbers, but it's just a major rebuild ministry-wise, every way, shape, and form. And Pastor Scott said something at the vision night. He said, It's the time is past to where a person who's a member of Eastridge Community Church, regular tender of Eastridge Community Church, if you're a guest today, you can ignore what I'm saying. The time has passed where you can just show up on Sunday morning anymore. We're in a major rebuild, people. The time has passed where you can come and sing a few songs and hear a sermon and feel good about yourself and go home. Those, those days are over. What's standing in front of us is the, a major call, 90,000 people in our county who need Jesus Christ, and it's only going to happen when we choose to pick up a towel and start serving. Serving in the church, outside the church. I want to talk to you a little bit about serving in the church. There's things that we want to do, things that we want to see happen, that we can't see happen because people are not serving. There's been a major disconnect in some people's lives that they come week after week after week and still do not ever serve. Major disconnect. And I'll say it again. I don't know who you're following, but you're not following Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to say it. I said this nine years ago when we started this campus, and you'll get mad at me, and some of you will leave, and, I, and I, listen, I can live with it. If you don't want to serve, you don't want to be here. Because Christ is calling to serve. I won't back down on this. I didn't back down nine years ago. I said the same thing, and people said, you can't say that. We started this campus with 100 people. Every one of them were serving. Every one of them. That was our best days. We didn't have a building. We weren't the biggest. We weren't. But everybody was in it together. Everybody had skin in the game. Everybody took the identity that we will serve in this community. That attitude's got to come back. That when you read the scriptures, when you hear the messages, they're all pointing to one thing, that we serve Jesus Christ. That he was a servant. I'm following him. And so I'm grabbing a towel. Whatever that takes, wherever it takes, whoever it takes me to, that's where I'm going. And we'll see what Christ does. And listen to me. You want to be blessed? Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I'm not saying he'll make you rich, but you know what? you'll see Christ work in your life. You'll see marriages restored. You'll see your neighbors get saved. You'll see things happen. God will place you in situations that you never dreamed. You're looking for an experience, then you go out and serve. You serve Christ. Put him first. See where he takes you. And if you're used up at the end of your days, guess what? You'll hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. On the other side. But I'll say it again. If you're here and you're part of Eastridge and you're not wanting to serve, guess what? Those days are over. Because there's a whole world out there that needs to hear Jesus. We've got some ministry opportunities on the screen here. You've got a card in your chair. You've got a towel in your chair. The towel is your identity. The card is what you can do. We have things that we want to get done, things that we would love to see happen. We only have children's ministry, one service on both our campuses because we don't have enough volunteers. I cringe every time somebody comes in at the 930 service with a little kid and I have to tell them, I'm sorry, we don't have anything for you today. 
And it's not because we don't have enough people. We've got capacity. We don't have enough servants. And I know some of you are saying, man, my days are over. Look, I hear you, but listen to me. Show me that in the Bible. You follow Jesus, then you serve. And here's the truth. Pick up a spot. We'll help you find a place. Find a place where you feel fulfilled in these areas, serving Christ and His church. Because listen to me, the only thing He's coming back for is the church. He's not coming back for your IRA, your, your house, your job, your boat, and I've got a boat, speaking to myself, listen to me. He's not coming back. He's coming back for the church. And we get to be part of that. And so, you've got a card there where you can fill out, and we're going to give you a minute or so in just a second to fill it out, an area where you're willing to serve. If you're a guest, no pressure. This is your out. You don't ever have to come back. At least give me guts to go and put it on the line for you here. You know where we're going. Listen, our best days are ahead. When I speak about the campus nine years ago, those were great times. But our best days are ahead. But they're ahead because we're going to serve. We're going to see God work in ways we can't even imagine. And so here's what we're asking you to do. Pick a place. Pick a spot. Serve. Use your giftedness. Use your willingness. Join us. And after you're done, the band's going to come up. And we're going to sing and close out the service. And then as you leave, you'll put the cards in the baskets. There'll be some ushers in the atrium on your way out, the back doors. Just drop your card in. Maybe you're unsure. We'd love to talk to you, but listen to me. It's real easy in churchy's language to say, yeah, I'm not sure the Lord's leading. I'm not sure. Listen to me. Be sure of this. If you're following Jesus, he's calling you to carry a towel. There's no doubt about it. What form that takes, I'm not sure. But your identity is that of a servant. I want to pray for you. Father God, Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the example you have given us. You are the greatest servant of all time. You're the goat. And you're calling us to serve. And Father God, I pray for the person here today. They've been coming for a long time, but they've just got to disconnect with serving. I don't know if it's just laziness, apathy. I have no idea. But I say this today not because I want to make them feel guilty. I say this today because they're missing their identity. And they're not following you. Lord, I pray for the person who's here today that this is new to them. But they hear these words and they're like, yeah, that's what I want. I want to see you work in my life, Lord. I want to see you do great things in me and through me. And that's going to happen when I'm a servant. And so, Lord, I pray that each one of us would embrace who you are 
the humble servant. And we would embrace your, our calling that we're going to serve because we follow you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at East Ridge Church.